bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. Live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, I am Jason Fields filling in for the great Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. Milwaukee's biggest party on the lake starts this week. And guess what? The award winning 1017 The Truth has the hookup for you. Now is your chance to win an Earth, Wind and Fire prize pack of two front row wristbands and two general admission Summerfest tickets on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Call 833-212-1017 and be caller number seven right now to win this Earth, Wind, and Fire prize pack. And so, Rhea, if I am correct, we are going to do these five, or am I just, am I am I clearing my chest and getting off all, is this a therapy session or do we go into the five? I would say you can... Go into the five. I Go got you. Give five. me two seconds. Okay. <laughs> and so five headlines and 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 want to touch base. And we and, and I want to these are very interesting. Um the first one, competency hearing for the eleven year old accused of killing his mother resumes in Wabatosa awaiting the decision. You know, we've all talked about this before. Um but the competency hearing for an 11-year-old boy charged with killing his own mother resumed on Friday, June 23rd. The hearing was cut short last month after a new psychologist report was filed moments before he appeared in court. On Friday, the psychologist who originally deemed the boy competent enough to be tried as an adult testified, explaining her reasoning. Dr. Karen Gustbry said, well, he uses a great deal of fantasy, and I really did think long and hard about that. And every time I asked about the case, he didn't confuse those areas. She added he definitely is not the same as an adult, but it's whether he lacks the capacity to understand. And I didn't see developmental immaturity to impact this case. When asked about his imaginary friends or pets and hearing voices, she said that did not impact 
her overall evaluation of the boy. How does that not impact your overall? If if a person is seeing, imagine, I don't know, maybe they're young, but hearing voices. And, you know, I, I think we've talked about shouldn't they be, should this young man be tried as an adult? And, and we had split reactions because I think there were, I, I can see both sides of it. Horrific, horrible event. And I think many times a lot of us come from, you know, when it, when it comes to people of color, we always get treated differently. And so we can't help but consider those kinds of things when there are other people in the same situations. They just don't, they're just not black. And we see different turnouts. We see different conclusions being reached. And so should this young boy be tried as an adult? You know, I, you know I, I'd love for you all to chime in on that. Hit the talk and text line at 833-212-1017. Should this 11-year-old be tried as an adult? If so, why? If not, why not? Give us a reason. And so one of the things that I was listening to, um, you all know about the, the death of the, the ironclad, Death waiver doomed Titanic subtourists. They signed that that agreement. Five passengers who boarded the doom Ocean Gate Titan submersible, which imploded on its way to the wreck of the Titanic, signed an ironclad agreement that protects the company from any liability for what could happen to the ship, including death. The three page document spells out the risks passengers take when riding in a, the 23,000 pound Titan including eye-popping wording such as how the craft has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body and may be constructed of materials that have not been widely used on human-occupied submersible. The vessel suffered a catastrophic implosion during its descent, instantly killing all five passengers aboard, according to the U.S. Coast Guard, which is now heading the recovery operation to bring debris from the Titan to the surface and figure out what went wrong. The danger in whenever you have these kinds of um, legal precedents set is that, you know, legally, if you sign these kinds of forms or documents, you are signing basically you, there's no repercussions for your family. And the sad thing about this, you all is I was listening to, I think there was a Pakistani doctor who was really fascinated with the Titanic. And I think for Father's Day, he wanted to go on this. His son, who he wanted to accompany him, accompany him, was telling his aunt that he didn't feel right about this. He didn't want to go. But he went because he wanted to please his dad. He wanted to go with his father. And here we have it. And so um, it's kind of sad. That, you know, you have that a young boy who, you know, is trying to please his dad. And I get it. If my dad wanted to do something, Johnny, Johnny Fields can ask me whatever he want. And so whatever Johnny Fields want, we going to do. That's just that's my dad. I get it. Brian, you got something for me on the submersible. Yeah. My question about that is uh, all these years, the time had. Titanic has been down there. 
and it hasn't imploded under that weight. Why is it that uh, uh, supposedly uh, uh, miniature submarine has to implode when it's only 1,600 feet away from the bottom? You know what? That's a great question, Brian. Feet away from the, I, I don't understand the implosion thing. I, uh, I would think there was something else nefarious that would happen, but I'm not going to speculate. But I, I just have to question an implosion when the Titanic has been sitting there for eons and people are obviously going down there to see it for a specific reason because it hasn't imploded. Well, remember the implosion. So why this implode? Remember the implosion could be caused by something. And in the case of the Titanic, as is, I believe, what I heard with the Ocean Gate Titanic was it was Captain, uh, what do you call it, Captain Error. And so from what I was listening to, and I think if you listen to what, what happened with the Titanic, I think from the story of the Titanic, right, they said they told the captain of the Titanic, hey, there's icebergs here. You need to be careful. And he didn't listen. That's that's what I heard. Um, and I think that's what they were alluding to in this case, Brian, that it could be Captain Error that he wasn't paying attention or that he made some form of mistake. Yeah, well, say that. Don't say that the thing self-imploded on itself because that's just. B, I was just reading the article, man. Uh, <laughs> that's what the article said. Yeah, I know, but, but that that that's to an unthinking public. I'm a thinking part of the public, so it doesn't it doesn't add up you, to me. You, you, you more enlightened me. You you more enlightened. Pretty much. Right, right. Hi, right, brother. Thank Peace. you. Winky Blue, what you got for me, man, on the submersible and city management, Wink? I know you got some stuff. This is real, real strange to me because did you, did you now when the uh, COVID nineteen came out, did you take the uh, did you get vaccinated? I did. Okay, you signed a waiver when you got vaccinated. That's correct. I believe we did. Yeah, it was in twenty twenty one. You did. Yeah. Okay, and uh, if you took both shots both times, you signed those same waivers. Correct. So uh, I hear people talk about they signed waiver. They know they could create thinking. You signed a waiver when you took the vaccination to the COVID-19, Doc. And we don't know what the long-term range of effect is going to be, uh, especially in our young youth, uh, maybe not being able to reproduce. Because I believe it might be a conspiracy uh, theory that I have. I believe that, uh, that, 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 that they're trying to limit it, the, um, the reproduction of a man. Uh, because in 50 years, uh, if IG takes over, what are we going to do with all these? This, I'm, I'm going to sound just like a, uh, an angry uh, mad scientist, <laughs> an evil genius. What are we going to do with all of these uh, these uh, these miserable human beings? The government, they'll be up on the government's shoulder. We'll have to take care of them. So they have to slow down the, pray, the place of reproduction. I think that uh, that was one of those things. So if you sign that, and a person shouldn't even have no problem with them people signing that thing going down up in there. Now, Elon Musk, he's going across the, or trying to get up to the moon. Some going to get his butt. He up there flying around. God's in the, watching him. So, so, yeah, you know, so I look at these things, Doc, and, uh, and, and it bothers me because the same person that says they signed that waiver is the same person that took that doggone injection in he or she's body. So I just, what you think about that, Doc? You know, Wink, thank you for the call, man. Always appreciate it. And always a pleasure yeah. hearing your thoughts, man. I mean, at, at the, the legal part of it is, 
again, if you sign a waiver, I can have empathy for you. But again, in the court of law, you signed it. Um, you know, I, I think those kinds of things you need to be sure of, whether it was the COVID or anything that asks you to sign a waiver. Right. You need to give long, hard thought to um, because to your point, if you don't know or you take that risk, what you're saying is I'm willing to take that risk. And if you're comfortable with that, then that's the decision you make. Um, and, you know, for those folks, I mean, it, it's it's an intriguing tie in to it. But I, I appreciate and understand that whenever I'm asked to sign those waivers or any waiver, I give long thought to it. Tasha and I had long discuss. Tasha and I, my wife had had long discussions about some of that stuff. And, you know, you have to have that discussion. You have to be comfortable with the consequences. Right. And I think what happens a lot of times is people just take it for granted that you don't think these things will occur. And, you know, the Bible says we know not the time nor the hour. And so if anything that comes up with a waiver, man, you need to be very sure that you are ready to deal with the consequences of signing that. So, Wink, I appreciate that. Um, great commentary. The end of row one year later. Woo-wee. This is going to be a political hotbed. The abortion, non-abortion, Roe versus Wade. Um, it's been nearly one year since the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion via the Dobbs versus Jackson women's health decision. In the months since, abortion access has been mostly banned in 14 states. Stringent gestational limits have been put in place in several others, and the approval of medication abortion has been challenged in the federal courts. Such policies have left both patients and providers scrambling to navigate harsh new restrictions and penalties. For many patients, these policies have meant traveling out of state, incurring serious risk to their own health, and in some cases, carrying unwanted pregnancies to term. For the providers, the end of Roe has meant fears of being punished for providing abortions, possible discipline from state medical boards, and in states where abortion remains legal, an influx of patients from other places. Yeah, this is... Um, Rhea, I'm going to go to you. You, <laughs> <laughs> you see how I smooth to uh, transition to there. That. Yeah, you're like, I don't Let's know. Let's go I'm to Rhea on this. <laughs> you aren't the first or the last men to say that to me here on the station. So we smart. I hear you. I they raised some smart at the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say I brought this story up just because it has been a full year yet. And I've noticed they had one quote in this article here that at least 50 million women around our country have lost access to abortion or healthcare in the way of. Um, the reproductive rights. And I just think that's baffling to me because overturning this, in my opinion, has changed everything when it comes to healthcare and then women's rights and women's healthcare. And I think there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had when it comes to reproductive rights for all people. I mean, men and women, like if something happens to you, I think Planned Parenthood's open for all people. So, you know, kind of taking the money and the financial benefits out of these locations and organizations that help people across the board, no matter if it is reproductive or not is devastating. And I think a year later that nothing has really been changed. There's not been any major, major movements that I'm aware of. For me, it feels like it's cemented this reality for me a little bit. You know, can we stay on this for a second? Cause I, I just, I'm, I'm, I've always been 
torn in a number of areas on this. First off, I don't think men, unless you're in the medical profession, right, should be making decisions about a woman's body. That's just me. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I, you, I'm a fairly smart guy. But I don't know if I have what it takes to be making decisions about women's health without relying on what my wife says. Right. Because it's her body. She knows better than me. Two, is it is it really is is it political or are there people who this is what you believe? And at what point does. 61% 61% of the of the country disagrees with what's happening the supreme court ruling if you are a elected official and this is where i used to challenge people cuz people would say i'm a democrat and people say well jason you you agree with abortion and all this stuff i'm saying no i'm not necessarily agreeing with abortion i understand though that i have a problem with you all who say you don't agree with abortion but you will kill black kids in other ways. You don't and you kill them slower. You know, maybe you're not aborting them, but you ain't giving them the stuff that they need. You're not educating them. You're not giving them the funding. And these are policymakers. So don't sit there and take the high road with me on the front end saying you don't believe in killing folks when you ain't doing nothing once these kids are born to help black kids uh, grow. And so, I, you know, I don't 61 percent. Do we do we just say to hell with what the country? But <laughs> you don't have to agree with it. But as a representative, I always felt like my job is not to force my own personal beliefs on the people who put me in office. Because at that point, then I'm not an elected official. I'm a dictator or a king. Exactly. We'll return with more of this conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. You all, we are looking for the seventh caller for the St. Kate's Prize. Make sure you hit the talk and text line. Call in at 833-212-1017. We are looking for the number seventh caller. Tune in into The Truth this Saturday at 10 a.m. for another episode of More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. Carrie Noni will be joined by Courtney Hayward, Director of Government Relations for Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. They will reflect on the past year after the overturning of Roe v.ersus Wade. Again, that is More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin, this Saturday at 10 a.m. on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. And we were concluding... 
our discussion on the abortion and women's rights. And I, and I think I, I wanted to spend some time because it's been something that I haven't talked about publicly a lot. Uh, I, I never really talked about it as an elected official uh, because I just have certain things that, you know, that I believe and feel that, number one, as an elected official, my job was never to force my personal beliefs on other people. If you all said, Jason, as a community, this is how we feel, whether I agree with it or not, that's why you sent me there. And so I think what happened was we get to a point where people are now just doing whatever they feel like and not representing the people who sent them there. And that's a very dangerous thing and very dangerous place to be. Furthermore, um, you know, when we talk about women's health as a man, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. And unless you're a doctor or physician or somebody that has that level of expertise, maybe you should just stay quiet. Um, if you don't know, you probably shouldn't be making policy items or initiatives out of this stuff. And finally, you know, when you look at black women in the health and the statistics and where we are, and it's not just black women because you have issues in rural America where they, they don't have hospitals. They don't have access. You know, again, it's a lot to consider. And just to make a stance or a decision based on your own personal beliefs over the people who elect you, I think that's very dangerous because when it starts, then where does it stop? If it starts, where does it stop? Whether you agree or disagree, when as an elected official, you start to put your feelings and beliefs over the people who sent you there, it is a very dangerous precedent to start. And where will it finish? Again, those were just my thoughts on that matter. Now, we've been talking about the diversity, equity, inclusion and state rank number 49 <laughs> and 50. And it's just ironic to me. And can I be let me be very clear and honest. Look. You know, you most of you know when I was I I have Republican friends. I, you know, I, I'm cool with a lot of them. We might disagree. Um, you know, it, it it never became personal. But there is something where there there are two kinds of Republicans. They're the ones who really believe in what they're doing. Those I respect. If you really believe in that stuff, right? Yo, you I, okay? You really believe in it. That being said, there's another kind where, no, this is just about power and influence and keeping power and keeping certain people down. Not saying that you don't have Democrats like that or independents. I get it. But when I'm looking at articles that says Republicans vote to cut UW system budget by $32 million in an attempt to defund diversity offices. Like, why is that the target? Why are you targeting that? Given the fact that we rank last, I'm not saying maybe you don't necessarily see it all. But time and time again, statistics show we 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 it is necessary. It is a necessity. We do need these things. Madison Republican lawmakers who control the legislature's budget writing committee voted to cut funding to the University of Wisconsin system by thirty two million and nearly 200 positions in an effort to eliminate diversity offices and programming on campuses. 
Never mind the fact that you just had a young white girl calling people the N-word on campus. The move Thursday sets the stage for a potential budget showdown with Democratic Governor Tony Evers, who has threatened to veto the spending plan if Republicans moved ahead with the cuts to UW. Maybe that $32 million could be how do we get kids into the system or get an education? There, there are other things or other priorities if you really want to start being competitive. I mean, I want you to think about this. And here's again where when you look at what's happening, there's a disconnect to how we want to compete. Or on the opposite side of that, maybe we don't want to compete. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't want black people or people of color or women. Maybe we don't want them to be uplifted. It's bad enough people are using the word woke as if, you know, not either you really don't understand it or you just is just a way for you to say, no, I want to keep stuff white. Either or it's a problem because other places are starting to get this stuff. And it's not all Republicans, you all. Let me be clear. Let me, let me because I, I, I'm over eight counties in the state of Wisconsin for our economic development position. And I can assure you, I meet with other white elected Republican officials who've told me to my face, Jason, hey, we, we need to make sure we're working on policies on because we have people of color living in our areas and we, we want to make sure that they have innovation, entrepreneurship opportunities, access to capital. So it's not all Republicans. But when you start looking at targeting things like diversity, equity, inclusion, again, when you look at the data and the data says the state of Wisconsin is ranked 49 and 50, cut it for what? You are already at the bottom. (laughs) There is nowhere else to go. So what is cutting it going to do outside of keep you the bottom. This is not my emotion. This is not me trying to make an emotional appeal. No, this is data. This is statistics. These are numbers. I'm literally saying to you, hey, remove the emotion. Look at the numbers. In the words of Jay-Z, you all know my favorite rap artist. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. We're dead last. So why are we trying to cut something that we are dead last in? And under the guise of it's not necessary. That's like saying you ran a race, you came in last, and so practicing and trying to get better ain't necessary. I don't get it. The cut comes at a time when Wisconsin has a record $7 billion surplus. Now, here's the other thing. $7 billion surplus. You've all heard me say this. If you're not at the table, you probably on the menu. $7 billion surplus, and now that $7 billion we want to target 32 million that say, nah, we don't need diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives. It's not necessary. Never mind the fact that we did last out of all 50 states, with the exception of the District of Columbia. But here's the other thing, Rhea, that really bothers me about a lot of this stuff. And and and, and I'm I'm always trying to be careful of what I say. But it has to be said. The business community don't care because if they did and the business community don't care because they don't lose anything. Think about this. Disney is ready. Disney is willing to go to war with Ron DeSantis. 
when all the stuff was happening in Atlanta, Coca-Cola and all those places were like, look, we will pick up and leave. We don't have any companies in Wisconsin saying, you know what? If y'all keep doing this, we out. We don't have major companies saying, you know what? If y'all going to go after diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives, then we will pick up and go somewhere that believes in that stuff. We don't have companies saying that. Which then begs the further question, how many of you all work for these companies who quiet? How many of you all are giving your money to companies, to organizations, to institutions that are quiet? I want you to think about that. Because if there are no consequences for people supporting black folks or not supporting black folks, then why would they? We still going to give them our dollars. They all see the same headlines as we do, but not a peep out of the business community. Not one freaking peep. Y'all got business chambers here. Not a word. Not a single freaking word. They'll take y'all money, though. You heard any from you heard have you heard from any banks? Nope. You heard from any retail organizations? Nope. Heard from any drug stores? Heard from anybody in the business community say we disagree with this? Nope. But you all are consistently paying taxes. You all are consistently buying their products. You all are consistently putting your money in their accounts where they make more money off of your money, and none of them are saying anything. And why should they? It goes back to my point earlier. You all, you all, you're not ready. You don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want it. You like being tread upon and broken down. And we like that stuff. We like it. And that's the frightening thing about that stuff that we'll sit here and talk about all this stuff, but it won't change nothing. And I get it because when I talked about this one time on On the show here, one of the callers called in and said, Jason, who's going to want to risk their livelihood or their income? And that's honest. That's honest. That's honest. Which then begs the further question, if nobody is willing to risk losing anything, then we all going to lose. But we'll keep losing. And keep talking about these stories as they continue to come. And next week, it'll be a different article. And we'll be talking about it again. Latinos now outnumber non-Hispanic whites in Texas census data shows. Now, there is a part of me that believes before I read this article that there is this feeling of. When people of color or black people get stuff that somehow certain folks are losing something. I've never understood that real. I just, I've never understood that. I mean, we just now got to the point where black lives matter. (laughs) That's the dumbest stuff ever that we've just now it's 2021. We just got to the point where we realize that black lives matter. Just matter. (laughs) Not more important, not better than just matter. We matter. We just got to that point. I'll I'll be 50 next year. And we literally just got to the point where, oh, black lives matter. Just now getting to a point where white people are going, hey, you know, all the stuff they've been saying about the cops. Yeah, that's okay. We see it now. 
Like, we've been lying all this time. And so I think a lot of this stuff has to do with there's this mentality, which is weird to me, that if certain people get uplifted or empowered, that is at the cost of somebody else, and it's not. That's what we call in the spiritual world a lack of uh, operating out of a lack of uh, not abundance, right? Like this idea that there's not enough for everybody. My wife was saying that to me today, Jason, we got to have a mindset of, of abundance instead of operating out of a, a mindset or a spiritual fortitude of lack. That when people of color or women get empowered or uplifted, that somehow is going to cost you something or you're going to lose something. And it's a lot of people, particularly in the state of Wisconsin, who fell for the okie doke. Meaning, rich, powerful people in a, a sort of a class system convinced certain folks who were just as poor and broken as, as everybody else that it was the poor black people who kept them down. Certain people have convinced uh, certain folks in rural areas that. Black folks have kept them down or Latino folks have kept them down. And when you look at these policies and before I get to the article, I'm, I'm on a tangent a little bit, but because I want to say this stuff, because it just is it needs to be heard and said that. Most of the times when you look at these policies, you all they're hurting not just black people, but they're hurting white people, too. But the killer is. That certain white folks think that because they are under this impression that it's hurting black people, that somehow is good. No, idiot. It's hurting you more than it's hurting us. But you're voting for the very same people who killing you. And what we'll see is people say, well, why do black people keep voting against their interests? Please stop acting like black people, are the only people that's voting against their interests sometimes. It's not. You got a plethora of white people consistently voting against their interests. You look at what's coming out of the budget, child care. How many white people need child care in Wisconsin? But if the guys or the, the myth is that it's hurting black people internally, people won't say nothing, even though they getting killed by the same policy. Now, that's something that needs to be talked about more. We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields, and for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment, Marvel's The Black Panther is coming to the Bradley Symphony Center Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, and now you can experience the Oscar and Grammy Award-winning Black Panther soundtrack in a whole new way with live musical performance by the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. 
Since we love Truth Nation so much, we have teamed up with the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra to offer a 15% off discount to see the show live. Visit MSO.org right now and enter promo code PANTHER. That is MSO.org and enter promo code PANTHER to reserve your special discounted seats to see the Black Panther soundtrack performed live by the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th. And this is the first week of Summerfest, Milwaukee. So come and enjoy the world's largest music festival today through Saturday. Many of music's top artists will be coming to Summerfest this year. Check out NLE Choppa, 3-6 Mafia, Coil Array, and more. Wow. Don't miss out on the fun at Milwaukee's biggest summer party. Get your tickets now at Summerfest.com. Summerfest is presented by our founding partner, American Family Insurance, and thank you to our official Summerfest food provider, Major Goolsby's. So we were discussing, and before I get to that, let me read what someone sent from the talking text line. As for the 10-year-old who shot his mother, I always ask, what, was, what did his mother want? They're constantly discussing children who are wrapped in social media and develop their minds. And that's what they're having so many issues of, about right now. As for the abortion rights, we have to let the radical Christian, right? I guess I believe they're trying to say, well, who are they? Even God gives us a choice. I agree. God does give us a choice. Uh, It is one of the things that um, I don't want to get too deep, but correct. I'll leave it at that. God does give us a choice. uh, And that's the beauty and danger of who we are as human beings. So we were talking about just this whole, you know, when other people are empowered or lifted up, that sometimes there are folks who believe that they lose something. And I, and I, never, I never understood that because where does that come from? And I believe it comes from, I believe that you can make the argument that certain people, when they started looking at what ethnic groups or what people were going to be uh, growing in number. I legitimately, I legitimately believe that scared the bejesus out of a number of people and also believe it scared the bejesus out of a number of powerful, influential people. Because what do you do when your power is starting to lose ground? Right. And that's quite honestly, that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with us asking that question. Um, I do think it be, it turns into something wrong when it means you are now actively trying to destroy, uh, keep your neck, your foot on someone's neck. I believe at that point, that's a problem. A demographic shift that has been expected for years was confirmed Thursday by the census bureau. Latinos now outnumber non-Hispanic whites in Texas. The new data reveals that Latinos make up around 40.2% of the state's population, a sliver more than non-Hispanic whites who make up 39.8. The results are hardly surprising as the Latino population in Texas and the country has largely been steadily increasing over the past few decades. In 2020, the census found that just over a quarter of all children in the U S are Latino And the number of Latino children grew by over a million in just a decade. This demographic milestone probably occurred around 2022, according to the Federal Bureau charged with collecting demographic information on the U.S. population. 
For years, unofficial estimates have shown that Latinos were on track to outnumber non-Hispanic whites, reflecting decades of transformation in Texas. Uh, I will say this. One of the initiatives that uh, I'm launching is we need to be bilingual. When you travel across the world or you go other places, other cultures, other countries speak more than one language. I'm going to say this to my brothers and sisters. You need to start to learn another language. Just flat out. You need to be able to communicate and understand more than what we do now. And so I, you know, I've worked, uh, there's a young lady by the name of Tamisha Sosa, African-American black woman. And she teaches entrepreneurs in business uh, how to speak. Uh, she's teaching, she's teaching them Spanish and we're looking at launching a program so I can, we can have entrepreneurs learn how to speak Spanish. I mean, when you, I mean, the facts are you look at the Latino population one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest um, business is about dollars not about culture. I mean, to a certain degree it is, but you should be able to communicate, you know? And so for us, I know my father and I and Tasha, we, we all are looking at, you know, how do we empower ourselves to be bilingual? Uh, I, I participate on a program called Duolingo and it's, it's fascinating. It's fabulous. Um, you learn Spanish. And so you all should be looking to be, you, sh- you need to ha- you need to be able to speak more than one language. The world is changing. I would advise you all to start looking at that. Maybe some of you care, maybe some of you don't, but you definitely should have, if you care about your children, you definitely should have them being able to speak more than one language because the world is much smaller now. And again, with the Latino population growing as much as it is growing, and quite honestly, they have a, a, a very decent system of organizing and when they want to fight and protest and stand for something, I mean, they do it. They do it well. Um, the Hmong culture as well. Hmong, the Hmong culture has a crazy, impressive, like network of how to get stuff done. Um, you know, one time I was doing some work with uh, amongst Hmong business owners, and it was this is fascinating to me. And Ray, I remember. The, we were trying to, we, I was setting up a meeting with, I think it was the Secretary of Department of Health and Family Services. And there's a consortium of the Hmong leaders. And within two days, they, like the word went out across the state of Wisconsin and everybody met in Madison. It was fascinating. Two days, two days they did that. So We'll finish and have more of this on the other com- of the conversation on the other side. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth Live from American Family Insurance Studio, the avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am the Jason Fields filling in for the great Dr. Ken Harris. You all, it has been a pleasure and an honor always talking with my family in Milwaukee. Um, You all know how I am about solutions, you all. Let's get it together, empower black people, learn to speak another language, 
and let's get this money, everybody. See y'all next time.